Hey guys, Grant here. I want to tell you all about my friends at Black Bear Inn and Suites of Gatlinburg who are making it possible to bring this episode to you. As you guys know, I grew up in East Tennessee, and there are two things that all East Tennesseans have in common. We all love the balls, and we all love the Smoky Mountains. Since I've moved to Nashville, I've been unable to get my Smoky Mountain fix in, but thankfully our friends at Black Bear Inn and Suites of downtown Gatlinburg have me covered. They are conveniently located at 1100 Parkway and are within walking distance of all the major attractions and best food that downtown Gatlinburg has to offer. To book your Smoky Mountain getaway today, visit BlackBearGatlinburg.com or call 865-436-5656 or toll free at 1-800-933-0777. Welcome to this episode of the Volin' Out Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, here with my co-host, Grant. How you doing today, brother? Man, Jordan, I am good, brother. It's always good being over here chatting with you, especially after the Vols got a dub. It feels like we haven't been able to talk too much after a dub lately. Man, you ain't lying, buddy. Uh, today, tonight, today, we're going to uh, recap the, the hog roasting we had in Fayetteville last night, give everybody a player of the game, put somebody on the milk carton. We're going to look at some scores of interest, play some start bench cut, which we haven't done in a while. It's making a return after I've been sick, bro. It's the best day of my life. Right. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Commodores coming to town this weekend. Man, so. we got we got ourselves a packed show. Yes, sir. Is it is it time to jump in to seeing what the Vols did against the Hogs? Let's do it. All right, man. Well, <laughs> in this game yesterday, the Volunteers got the first win in Bud Walton Arena since 2009 <sighs> with a final score of 92 to 63. Only the fifth road win in the series for the Vols as well. So, wow, kind of another place where Tennessee struggled at and. I'd be willing to say, I know that Arkansas has not been in the league as long as Kentucky. We both know that. Right. But getting a win at Bud Walton Arena is a whole lot more rare than getting a win at Rupp. I mean, less than, I mean, a little bit more than half the time you've got one at Rupp. So I'm going to take this right here and I'm going to be thrilled with this one. A um, couple of notes of interest from the game yesterday. Richard Dale Barnes has now beaten every single SEC team on the road. Impressive. Ricky Dale handing out. Hot end whoopings. Well, man, it's kind of crazy that he was never able to beat Arkansas at Bud Walton. And now I know that we don't play them a lot there. It's one of those things where it kind of goes with that. But at the same time, man, like massive, 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 massive on what was done last night for Tennessee. Um, Tennessee now leads the all-time series against the Hogs 25 to 22. Only two other SEC teams lead the all-time series against Arkansas. Name the other two for me. I'm going to say Kentucky's one of them. Correct. Um, let's see here, the other one. Florida. You got it. Well, I'll be dang. Yeah, I, I thought Florida would be a tough one for a lot of people to get right there. So I want to include that in on the slideshow next to the uh, Valentine's night dinner that the Vols cooked for all of us right over there next to it. So um Kind of diving into it, man. I mean, Tennessee just really, really played a great game. I mean, there was nothing that really concerned me outside of the very beginning of this game. I don't know about you. Yeah, they they kind of got off to a slow start, but it was it, I don't even necessarily want to say it was a slow start. Arkansas got off to a faster start than what we than what Tennessee did. And dude, as soon as those those first couple threes they threw up went 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 in, I was just like, oh God. Not again. Well, I was like, here we go again. Another team that can't shoot for anything normally, and they're going to have their best shooting night against the Vols. But that was 
just not the case. Arkansas, 37.9% from the field. So let's call it 38. Uh, Three point percentage, 34.8%. I mean, a little bit too high, but I'm not going to. I mean, I'm not going to be up in arms about it. I mean, they they hit eight threes. You're looking at the screen right here. Arkansas had 15 turnovers and 25 boards, where Tennessee shot lights out from the two. Um, most dunks Tennessee's had in the season, actually. But 57% from the field for Tennessee, 29.4% from three. Ugly, ugly, ugly night from three for the Vols. Only 12 turnovers and 36 rebounds, man. I mean... You can't you can't really be upset with what you saw. And then the assist numbers, Tennessee had 14. I still want to see that number go up just a tad bit more, but Arkansas only had nine. But the number that bothers me the most from this entire game, and I'm going to say it right here, 12 turnovers for Tennessee. Yeah. There was times I got a little sloppy. Uh, you know, Zakai didn't. Zakai, it wasn't just him though. I mean, every, they got a little sloppy at times. Uh, whenever we had, whenever we would speed up, it didn't seem like they were very uh, confident in making some passes, this, that, and the other. And then they just had a couple of dumb, tur- dumb turnovers too. I mean, it happens. Well, and you look at it right here, man. Too. I mean, and for all the viewers who are watching on YouTube as well, look at this number right here. Arkansas had twelve steals in the game, where Tennessee only had nine. That's our twelve turnovers right there. <laughs> Yeah, and it wasn't any of the balls just went out of bounds or anything like that because that wouldn't be considered a steal. Right. Arkansas got in the passing lanes every single time that they got the ball and turned Tennessee over, and it really shows right here. It's a concern I have for the longevity of this team, but I just, you know, it's one of those things, man, where Tennessee's going to have to clean that up a little bit, and I know they can, and I know that they will. Right. It's just... Okay, you go have a bad performance against Texas A&M on Saturday. You go to Bud Walton Arena on Tuesday night, or Wednesday night at this point. Gosh, I can't even think of the days anymore. But you go to Bud Walton Arena on Wednesday night, and you turn the ball over that many times. Just just a concern, something I want to put on everybody's radar right there, because that's not how this should be. Sure. No, it's not. Um, but like you say, though, that's something that I feel like they will, they, Ricky Dale, get under control. Well, if he don't, it's going to be an issue. Um, really glaring stat for me when you look at the full team stats right here as well. Points in the paint. Look at that number right there. 48 to 22. I mean, more than doubled them up. And Adu had his best game, one of his best games in a while last night. It was due. I'd be willing to say that that is his best game he's played since Ole Miss. Easily. Easily. Double double. Yeah. It was what twenty five and twelve or something like that. Twenty five thirteen. It's something like that. We'll get to it on the next stat uh, when I've got all that pulled up right there. But Jonas Adu just was a grown man. Was able to get those points in the paint. The forty five to twenty two for Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's largest lead in the game was thirty two, where Arkansas's was four. Um, and Arkansas's was early on. I mean, it was within like the first three minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd seen something uh, they were talking about during the game last night that. The 32 was the largest deficit that Arkansas had lost to at home, and that happened this year to Auburn. Yeah. Tennessee had their shot to do it last night. But, hey, I'm not going to complain about winning by 30, 32, whatever. I'm not going to complain about it. No, well, why would you? I right. mean, at the end of the day, a dub's a dub on the road, and that's hard to come by in the SEC. I mean, 
SEC pound for pound, just like Jimmy Dyke said last night on the broadcast, is the best basketball conference in America this year. I, I would agree with that. Well, I, I don't know how anybody can argue it. And for one of our next shows, I'll, I'll build something where it kind of compares the SEC versus the Big 12. I think that'd be a lot of fun and a lot of people would be interested in that. But man, I mean, you kind of can't complain with anything. Um, diving into the box score for the Volunteers, you had Jonas Adu, 23 points, 12 boards in 30 minutes. He shot 11 of 14 from the field and one of one from the line. Man, uh, it, Jonas just Ooh-wee. had himself one of those games, man. It's one of those uh, mama, there goes that man type of games for him. You know what I mean? Oh, man, boy. I mean, he was in full effect on it. I mean, he just he played one of the best games he's ever played. Uh, only had three turnovers and one foul. One foul is the biggest stat for Jonas Adu for me in this entire game. Yeah. Sure, the points are nice. The rebounds are nice. But if Jonas Adu is able to keep himself ready and available for this team. Oh, man. Well, I mean, oh, man, <laughs> we've seen it this year, man. Anytime Jonas gets in foul trouble, anytime Dalton gets in foul trouble, or even Zakai, man, we're that we're we Tennessee is in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Major uh, trouble, especially if you get two of the three in foul trouble. Yeah, and you didn't have to worry about that last night. I mean, nobody picked up more fouls than three, and that was Shaq. I mean, you know, a lot of guys are sitting here with one or two on the box score right here. But, man, I mean, I'll just take it any day. Uh, diving into the next guy on the list right here is Mr. DK3, Dalton Connect himself. 32 minutes. He shot 7 of 14 from the floor, 1 of 3 from 3. Ooh, that's kind of ugly. I didn't catch that when I was building this. Ooh. 7 of 10 from the line, 4 boards, 2 steals. I think that number's wrong. I think it's actually three. Thanks, ESPN. Um, they hate us. Three blocks. I mean, two fouls, 22 points. Man, there Man, was... I... Go ahead. Well, I, I just want to say this for a second. Is Dalton Connect becoming a really good defensive player? I think he is, man. He must have watched the show a while back because, you know, I said that was his one weakness. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was He was like, I can't have Jordan talking bad about me anymore. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, but dude, there was one point he he had back to back trips up the court with a block. I mean, swatted yeah. it, put it in the cheap seat, son. I mean, man, that that's what I want to see out of the kid. I mean, and what I loved last night too, and they even said this on the broadcast. Sam Presti of the Oklahoma City Thunder was there, and Sam Presti is known for finding these guys so he can build into for his team. Well, there's a lot of talk, not just a little bit. A whole lot of talk. The Dalton Connect is going to be wearing an Oklahoma City jersey next year. And man, him going in, and I know you're not that big of an NBA guy like I am, but Dalton Connect on that team right there. Oh my God. Hey, we get one in the league. I'll watch him. I mean, that plays a well, lot. You know what I mean? I, we got, we've got a few. Other yeah, Grant, well, but. like Grant's with Charlotte now, Admiral still with Orlando, uh, Jaden Springer's with Philadelphia. You know, you got a couple of guys who have spots in the league, but man, Dalton Connect is ready to be an NBA all-star. I mean, just with how good the kid is already. And if he goes to a spot like Oklahoma City, 
they're already going to be a playoff team this year. I mean, they've just got 95 draft picks because that's what Sam Presti wanted to build off of when he traded away Russell Westbrook and Paul George right? and Carmelo Anthony. So they've got, I mean, it's something ridiculous, like 12 first-round picks over the next five, six years. And they're already a playoff team this year. They add Dalton Connect in as a lottery pick. Oh, my God. Right? That's that's uh, that's some serious equity right there, buddy. Oh, man. It'd be crazy right there. Um, diving into the next guy on the team, uh, after talking about Dalton just becoming the the second coming of Eve Ponds with the blocks, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Zakai Ziegler. Um, and I just noticed in my graphic right here in front of you guys, this says zero minutes. I made this last night before ESPN updated it. So I will tell you guys the full stats off of the minutes over here on my side. Zakai Ziegler in 30 minutes shot four of eight from the field, one of three from three. Don't like that. Now, here's the one that's the most concerning to me, Jordan. How in the hell does Zakai Ziegler go a whole game without a single trip to the free throw line? Yeah, that's uh, that's it. He there to his defense, though, there was a couple of them that he should have got. He should have gotten the call on late after we were kind of after Tennessee had kind of opened it up a little bit and. It, I guess they felt like it didn't matter, but I mean, there was a t- trip or two up the court where he just got absolutely mugged. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, he should have been at the line more, but it's just weird seeing a stat line without Zakai at the free throw line. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, this is probably the first game since early in his career that he's not had a trip to the free throw line. Right. Yeah. Just with how aggressive he plays. Um, but Zakai had three boards, six assists, two steals, Three turnovers, numbers got to go down on that once again uh, with nine points. I'm not going to critique the nine points too hard, but Zakai, we still need to see more from you on that offensive line. But you're playing the best ball out of anybody in the country right now, not named Dalton Connect. So I'm not going to pick on you. Um, second, next guy on the list in 28 minutes, Santiago Vescovi, 0 of 3 from the field. 0 of 3 from 3, so he was consistent with where he chose to take his shots from. Four or four from the line, mm. six rebounds, two assists. I mean, one turnover, four points. I, I I just don't know what to say. The stuff he does doesn't fill the stat sheet. I understand that, and that's just what Santi is this year. So I'm going to be done picking on him after this, but, man, this is just not what I expected from a guy going into his fifth year in the program, who was able to be such a special player like he was at one point in his career. Uh, next guy on the list, Josiah Jordan James, 25 minutes, four of seven from the field, one of four from three, three of three from the line, three rebounds, one steal, two fouls, 12 points. Josiah, do this every single day, Josiah, yes. and Tennessee will win a championship. Yes. It's that simple. It's that simple. I mean, I just, I don't know. Uh, lots of guys played garbage time minutes last night, so we won't dive into that. Um, there's only going to be two guys I talk about from the bench on this one. And if you want to talk about any of them, feel free to take over after I get done with that, Jordan. But I'm going to speak about Mr. Jordan Ganey. 18 hey. minutes, six of eight from the field, two of three from three, three of three from the line, one board, one assist two steals, one turnover, two fouls, 17 points. Absolutely. Dude is playing fantastic ball right now. After we rode him for how long? 
for two months. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> playing. Well, you know, fantastic. like you you went to that game with me for LSU, and you met the guy who sits behind us. Yeah. How much does he ride Jordan Ganey? <laughs> he is all over him. It, it's so funny. And like, I turned around to him. I forget what game it was, and I told him, "I'm like, dude, drop it." Like the kid is actually a really good player, you know, like, but he has that mindset of, oh, well, he's only on the team because his dad's the assistant coach. No, this kid can ball. And like, I even said that before in the season. Oh, he's only on the team because of who his dad is. I am wrong. I am guilty. Hands are up. Take me to jail. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, well, I will say this too. The night you, at, the, at the LSU game that night, he was, he was riding Jonas like a horse. So, oh, dude, Jonas <laughs> and Jordan are the two that he just, oh my God, he can't stand either one of them. And it's, it's so funny. So it's a father and son who typically goes, his mom was with him that night. His dad hates Jonas Adu more than I've ever seen one person hate a player. Man. I mean, it's that's... so funny. <laughs> it's like, come on. Do you, do you know your hoops? Come on guys. That's all I'm going to say. They're great people. Love the guys to death. I'll go have beers with them and, you know, BS with them and have a good time. But man, I just, it's like, come on, sometimes think about what you're saying. These are kids and they're good kids and they're playing good ball. But right. last guy I want to talk about, man, in 14 minutes, Mr. Jemiah Meshack went 0 of 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3. He got two points at the line. So, yay. One rebound, one assist. No steals, which is kind of crazy. No blocks, which is kind of crazy. No turnovers. He got three fouls, two points. Bruh. Come on, Jemai. You're, make, you're making me look bad, brother. No, we all love you, man. Like, I don't understand what's going on with that. Is there any of these guys that uh, kind of came in in garbage time yesterday? Cade Phillips, Freddie Dillion, Cam Carr that uh, kind of showed you something in their limited minutes yesterday, Jordan? I'll tell you what, man. We call it garbage time, but... These guys that are catching this time right now, if they're getting it in in games like this, experience is very valuable come tournament time. They're getting experience. I agree. Granted, it's not, you know, what you would say tight game experience, but it's game experience, and they're going to need it. We might need them to need it, to have it. You know what I mean? So, Well, there's one guy who needs to have more minutes. I'm going to say Freddie Dillion. That's who I was going to go with. Um, I think he needs to maybe possibly start taking some minutes from Santi. You know, here's my thing with Santi. Like, I love the kid to death. I'm just like you. I love him to death. Uh, he's a he's a phenomenal ball player, like, all around. Okay? Mm -hmm. But, man, bring him off the bench. I don't know if you can really do that, though, with what he's done for the program in the past. And, you know, it – you need to have this kind of be like a John Fulkerson situation. And I'm going to go back to John Fulkerson's sixth year on the team. So his COVID year, his grad student year, let's just call it that his grad student. Year. Sure. He was God awful. He was horrible. He shouldn't have even been on the floor, but he came back. He wanted to get the money and we were all happy to have John Fulkerson back in the eight, six, five. Nobody was upset about that, but this reminds me of that. It reminds me of a guy who, I don't want to say the game has passed him up, but a guy who just isn't doing what he needs to do anymore, that there's too many other good players on the team and it's taking away from what he's doing. 
I would agree with that. I think he, I think he's kind of got the mindset at the moment that, you know, he's on, he's on a gravy train with biscuit wheels, so to speak. And he's just along for the ride at this point. Yeah. I mean, but I'll say this too about Santi, man. Santi does so many things that don't show up in the box score right here that I literally cannot put in a graphic for you guys to see right here. I just can't. Because Santi does so many of the little things, like him coming up off the ball screens and him getting a hand in a defender's face. Sure, the defender—I uh, mean, in the shooter's face. Yeah, he doesn't. The guy doesn't make the shot. Well, it doesn't go as a block towards Santi because he didn't block it, but he affected that shot, and that's what Santi right. does a lot of. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like, I'm not—I'm not disrespecting the kid by no means when I say that, but I do. I, it's one of those things where I feel like maybe he needs a fire lit under his hind end. And that might be the best way to do it is bring him off the bench. Well, you know, John Fulkerson made the decision himself to come off the bench that year. Yeah. I wonder if Santi starts, you know, calling over his good buddy, John Fulkerson and saying, Hey bud, let's, uh, let's meet at pals and go have a PGT and a big pal real quick. And let's talk about a couple things Sure, and let's, you know, kind of see how you navigated that situation because I need to do what's best for the team so I can win a championship and I can have something you never got, John. I mean, I don't know. That might be something that he needs to do right there, but I just, you know, man, let's just go on to the next slide. Uh, so <laughs> hey, Arkansas, real quick, not a though, lo- okay. before you go into that, I want to shout, I want to shout them out because we had talked about the slump that they're in shooting free throws 21 for 24 last night, man, call it 88% impressive. They're going to have to shoot like that. Yeah. Well, that, that is really big right there. And I'm glad you caught on that because I have that in my notes in front of me and I just skip past it because I'm Tennessee public school education. Don't know what to say to you guys on that other than anything right there. I don't know how to read. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) Um, So looking at Arkansas right here, man, I mean, Graham, eight points. Lawson, two points. Ellis, six points. Tamari and Mark was the only one who got 12. I mean, only one who got in double figures. Yeah, there just wasn't anybody last night for them that stood out. I mean, early on, you're like, okay, somebody's going to have the night of their life against the defense. But it's like, come on now. You just was waiting on it. You know what I mean? Well, and here's one thing right here too, man. Must played 12 guys in this game. Wow, really? That's crazy. Like, that look is. at how big that is in front of us. 12 well, guys. Crazy. I didn't think to look at it like that, but good Lord, man. Well, yeah, I I don't know how he, how he was able to play 12 guys. I mean, with all the problems they got going on over there. But, man, I mean, just, whew, I don't know what else to say. How far, man? Did he play the water boy last night? That's what it seems like. I mean, but, dude, look at their team stats right here. 11 of 15 from the line. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, complain about that for Arkansas. I think that's really good. 73.3% from the line, but you only missed four shots. Right. Three point. They were really good from the three point line. Yeah. I mean, 35%, 38% from the field, though. Couldn't do much. Couldn't do much out inside that three point line. We done a good job of Tennessee done a really good job of packing the paint and not letting them get anything easy. Yeah, it, you know it's just kind of crazy right there, man. But you want to hear what Rick Barnes had to say after the game in his post game press conference? Let's do it. 
One, we had a lot of respect for Arkansas coming in, and you know we knew that uh, they were capable of beating anybody in this building because we've got so much respect for their fans in this building here. And uh, I thought really after our game the other night, our guys did a really good job preparing, getting ready to come here. And and I thought all around we played a really good all-around basketball game and shot the ball well, didn't uh, make as many threes as we normally take or shoot, but. Uh, just got a really good all-around performance from everyone that was in the game. It seemed like in the first half, Arkansas kind of kept being able to climb back in it when you guys would separate a little bit. What was it in the first half that Arkansas was doing to kind of allow them to do that? Well, uh, you know, we wanted to, they're, they, they're so good at getting fouled. They're so good at getting in into the lane area. They do a great job in their ball screen where they hit the roll and they can spray it out of there. But we just felt like we had to, get them shooting threes as much as we could and try to keep them from getting in the lane, getting us in foul trouble, getting us in rotation. And then on the other end, trying to really take care of the ball because they do a great job of turning you over and getting out. But uh, and they made shots in the first half. They started the game making them. And last time out against A&M, they made them. We got away from our gap uh, defense. And uh, tonight we stayed with it. And uh, that's what we we show some dis discipline there, but they obviously didn't make as many shots in the second half as they did in the first half. Yeah, I was going to ask you kind of what you thought was behind that drastic difference in shooting for Arkansas in the second and the first. You know, the game is, is a it's a, a game that the one thing coaches can't coach is making shots. And, and uh, you know, we know our guys. We know what we see in practice every day. And, you know, Eric's a, a terrific coach. He knows his teams. He knows his players better than anybody. And, and uh you know, there's some nights when we get great looks, they don't go in. And it's those nights when you hope you can find other ways to facilitate some offense. And that's where I thought Jonas was really, Jonas played a heck of a game for us tonight. And Tobey did some things in there. But uh, uh, I just think that, again, in the game, when you get behind and you got to start making those threes or making those plays, it gets more difficult. And, uh, uh, but again, we, we just felt like we had to try to force him into as many jump shots as we could. And then with Jonas, just what led to him kind of playing like this again? And what do you feel like this team's ceiling is when he plays like that? Well, when he when he plays like that, when he plays with force to the rim like he did tonight, he played quicker. And, and uh, because they, they do a, a very good job, but they'll block shots on you. And if you mess with it, they'll come get it. Guy on the ball can block it. But I thought he played much quicker. I think they blocked one of his shots where he did take too much time. They got one of Tobey's too, and we had talked about that coming in here that we wanted those guys to play quicker once we got the ball there. And but Jonas, uh, I thought he looked relaxed shooting his little, you know, 15 footers. And uh, but his what he did at the rim and his rebounding second half was really big. He came up with a lot of plays in there, and, and his length affects things around the rim when he gets himself in position. Anything else? Yeah, I heard you say on the radio the ball screens. You they might not have completed any of those tonight. I mean, how, how big was that? Well, it was big that we didn't want them to hit the roll. They do a they do a great job of passing it there, and they they do a, a great job of of doing that as as good as anybody that we play against. And we just felt like it was important that we uh, tried to take away the roll man as much as possible and try to keep him on the perimeter and and again just try to keep him out of the high percentage area because his teams have always done a great job of exploiting that. All right, and that was Rick Barnes after the game on Wednesday night against the Arkansas Razorbacks. So I have one takeaway before I ask you your takeaway on this, Jordan. Sure. 
what is Arkansas doing with a room like that for press conferences? You can't get a screen. You can't get something with your logo on the back of it. All you got is wooden chairs with a hog in it. I mean, come on, guys. Well, it is Arkansas, first off. Second off, it does. It looks like a hotel room. It really does. It looks like a hotel conference room. Like Now, I will say, those chairs, they're right there with the hog on it. I mean, you know my love for Arkansas's logo and color scheme to begin right. with. Right. I, I, I think the chairs are pretty pretty sick they're pretty clean right? right i don't know man now if i could get a chair like that with a power t on it or a rifleman rifleman that'd that, be the way right go. there i'd tear your arm off for it ah oh, man i wouldn't let you do it I, i'd go get out the pistol man I, i'd be i'd be coming straight towards you so jordan what takeaways do you have from what richard dale barnes had to say at the end of the game oh uh, two things he he seems like he has a ton of respect for Mus. He, well, who doesn't? He should. He, right. He, I mean, he spoke very highly of him and how and his and his coaching abilities. That's and to me, you don't hear that. To me, you don't hear that enough nowadays. A lot of guys are just like, yeah, you know, whatever. We lost, but they don't go in or we won, and they don't they don't compliment the other coach. And I'm not saying you have to every time you get out there and you're doing a presser, but I think we all realize that. Musselman knows what he's doing, and he's a good coach. He's just kind of got a, a raw deal this year, man, with everybody being hurt, people leaving the program, stuff like that. So that that was honestly refreshing to me to see. Um, the second thing, he he was very complimentary of uh, Adu last night. Adu had, like you say, we talked about it earlier, Adu had probably his best game of the year, I feel like. And it was nice to see we're going to have to have more of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with everything that you're saying right there. Um, Jonas Adu played, I mean, just the best game that he's played in a long, long time. I mean, pulling up the stats right here once again, 11 of 14 from the field. So he shot 78.6% from the floor, 100% on his free throws, 12 rebounds, 23 points. Um, going into some of his other games right here too, I mean, the only one I can remember where he was that good in and his shooting percentage wasn't that great, was Ole Miss. He went 10 of 19 from the field for 52.6%, uh, 10 boards, two assists, uh, let's see, 24 points. Man, I'm going to say that last night was his best game of the year. I really am. Got to agree with it, man. It's just, uh, you know, at the, beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of SEC play, he was averaging through like four games, a double-double, or, or right at it you know that's taken a hit with the last two or three performances he's had. So it was good to see him kind of get back on track last night. So looking at this right here, man, and this is me just doing a little bit more work right here that I didn't do. This was his second best shooting percentage night from the field. His best came against Mississippi State, but he only got nine points in that game. So kind of one of those things where you're like, yeah, it is what it is. You lost and you did that. I'm taking this one as the best one right here by far. Well, it's one of those things. I've said it on here before. I'll continue to say it. I'll You'll hear it a lot during football season. Numbers don't lie, but they can be deceiving. Yes. I, I'll take I'll take a 75% or, or 50% shooting night on 25 points as opposed to 75 on 10. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Well, with that being said, do we even need to talk about player of the game? Oh, no, sir. It's uh, got to be Mr. Adu, don't it? 
I was going to say, I don't, I don't think that there's a way it could go to anybody else. I mean, you can make a case for Dalton, um, but you can make a case for Dalton any night. Right. Um, honorable mention in this one is Jordan Ganey. He played one of the best games that he has ever played. And it's like he came off the bench and he was not just hot. He was not just hot, hotter than fish grease. He was as hot as the surface of the sun. I mean, that kid was on fire. Hotter than a three-nutted tomcat. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was something like I'd never seen I mean, him do. And if he can do that, man, it's going to be great. Um, I really am happy for what the kid has uh, been able to do. One thing I want to say as far as he goes, is he starting to build a late case for six man of the year? <sighs> In the SEC. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, the reason why I side right there is because um, I think that that is, I, I mean, I think that it's his award right now. It, it has to be. Who who else outside of maybe one of these kids from Kentucky that can score the ball just because they have no other choice because <laughs> they, they can't stop a, they can't stop a fourth grade basketball team. Shout out Pittman Center Eagles. Um, you know, just <laughs> who Shameless else? Plug. Right. Shameless plug. I ain't ashamed of it. I'll, I'll come on here with my ring here to hear. There you go. Yeah. Your championship ring. We need to, we need to show the listeners that. No, I agree with you, man. I mean, here's my question though. Dalton's going to get sec player of the year. I think that's already locked up either Zakai or Zakai will get first team all sec. Yeah. Jonas second team. Are they going to be tired of Tennessee as the voters and say, okay, we can't give another award to another Tennessee player? I think that's something you might run into on this. I don't know. I I don't think it should be that way. But in voting for awards when it comes to sports, that is a thing. Fatigue over and over and over again. Like, how tired of you of, are, are you of seeing the Chiefs compete for a Super Bowl every single year? We're all tired of it. Yes. It's the same thing where the voters are going to say, okay – We've seen enough of Tennessee. We've given them enough awards. I, I don't know. It could be a thing. Well, you know, you, that's a good point. And it, you, I'm, I'm with you. It should not be like that. But, you know, you brought up the Chiefs. You brought up that. that. What about, you know, LeBron could make a case for MVP every year? Well, that's why they don't give it to him is because they would be exactly. tired of giving it to him. So I, I see where you're coming from. Um, but, buddy, that being said, who are we putting – on the milk carton. Oh, mm. that hurts my heart. That hurts my too, heart, man. It really does. Maya Mayshack, you are on the carton. But you know what? Only reason he is because he didn't hit his three pointers last night. Best three point shooter on the team. But that being said, <laughs> let's go to break. Let's do it. If you're looking for the perfect Smoky Mountain vacation, Mountain Romance is your cozy romantic getaway. Starting at $129 per night, you get two bedrooms, two full baths, and this beautiful cabin will sleep up to six people. With an amazing mountain view, fire pit, pool table, and hot tub, this place has it all and is located within minutes of downtown Gatlinburg. To inquire, go to Airbnb and search for Mountain Romance or email bearslayer2021 at gmail.com. All right, guys. If you all are anything like me and you have a hard time waking up in the morning until you get that caffeine in you, come give our friends a W a try. Each energy blend that they have created comes with no calories, no sugar, 
no fillers, and no artificial colors. So you go online, you go buy it, it comes to your house. It comes in a little container with powder in it. Scoop it out, drop it in your shaker, add water, shake it up, and you're good to go. It's that simple. Tastes amazing, no carbonation, no added sugars in it, so you don't get that sugar crash at the end of your energy buzz. Let me tell you guys, this stuff is amazing. My favorite flavor is Beach and Peach, which is a white mango peach, and oh boy, stuff is great. Let me just tell you. Go to w.gg on your web browser and type in promo code VOLINOUT for 10% off. V-A-W-L-I-N-O-U-T for 10% off. This next segment is brought to you by Three Kings of Cardboard, the go-to spot to upgrade your sports memorabilia collection. Check out their Facebook group and eBay at Three Kings of Cardboard. I have dealt with them personally and will not deal with anybody else. My favorite item from them is my Jalen Wright one-of-one Bowman U Superfactor that they have pulled me. Check out our friends at Three Kings of Cardboard today. Oh, Jordan, you hear that music, bro. You know what that means. <sighs> start bench cut. It's time for my favorite part of the show, bro. So, yes, start sir. bench cut today, Jordan. With the announcement of EA's College Football 25 today, which non-Power 5 team were you most excited to run Road to Glory with? University of Texas El Paso Miners, University of Tennessee Chattanooga Moccasins, Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to go with the UTEP. I'm going to start the UTEP Miners. I'm going to bit bench Hawaii, and I'm going to cut the mocks. I say this because location matters. You got to be able to recruit. True. Texas is fertile is fertile recruiting ground, brother. You know, I, I, I like it, man. But, man, I've always wanted to live in Hawaii. I'm going to start the Rainbow Warriors. I'm going to bench the moccasins because I can't, I can't cut anything inside the state of Tennessee unless it has to do with Vanderbilt or the University of Memphis. And then I'm going to cut the Texas El Paso Miners, but really good program right there. So I like that one, though. I am so excited man. for that video game, man. Oh, my Dude, God. Dude, I... You're not even like, I'm going to take, I'm taking the week off, man. Whenever, <laughs> no whenever episodes that, that week. Yeah. That's Just what I was kidding. about to say. No, no, there won't be any episodes that week. Cause Grant's going to be glued to the PlayStation, but maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll try to get some of you guys to play that game with us. So moving on to the next one, the big dance is coming up, man. I want to know what you think the most likely outcome is for the university of Tennessee. Win the national championship make the program's first ever Final Four or an early exit once again? Oh, man. I'm going to I'm gonna say we make the first... I'm going to start, make our first Final Four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bench early exit. I'm going to cut national championship. Ooh. Ooh just, just, just because, man, I... We I don't need know, a lot man. of luck to I, get there. I agree. We, we got to have a lot of luck. And honestly, we, we've talked about it before, buddy. Just um, you got to stay hot for six games. Yeah. Five games, really. But got to stay hot for six games. And we've seen it all year, man. We'll string three, maybe four together, and then we'll come out just flat and get bounced, you know. Yeah, man, I'm going to start the final four as well. Um, I think that this is the year for that, but I could also be surprised. I am going to bench early exit Rick and I'm going to cut the natty. 
spoiler alert for anybody who listens to the show, I think Tennessee is a very good basketball team. I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I have some issues with the team right now. I feel like if you catch us after a winning streak of three, four games and we've, and we've looked really good doing it, like catch us, maybe catch us uh, after, you know, we play Bama, Auburn, Kentucky, those three games, we, it, say Tennessee goes three, you know, in those three games might have a different answer. Yeah, I can, I can see that, man. I mean, it can be a whole lot of different things. So with the next one right here, with the announcements, announcement of college football coming out today, um, we wanted to kind of figure out, Jordan, favorite old school video game console, Start Bench Cut, SNES, PlayStation 1, or Sega Genesis? Ooh, what have you got? I'm going to start the PlayStation 1. That was the first ever video game console young Grant had. My parents got that for me for Christmas in like 2001, I want to say is what it was. Or maybe it was even before that. It probably was before that. But uh, they got me the Hot Wheels Burning Rubber game. And I played the shit out of that. It was the first time I ever heard a Metallica (laughs) song because Fuel was the the theme song for that. Give me Fuel, give me Fire, give me Fire. I thought that was the coolest song ever as like a little kid. Got me into metal music, which I love. Got me into video games. So I'm going to start the PS1. I'm going to You know what? Go ahead. I'm going to shout out our good buddy Byron. Rest in peace on that one. He was a huge Metallica fan. Yeah, shout, shout out to Byron, out. man. R.I.P. Um, I'm going to bench the Sega Genesis, man. So also love the Sega Genesis, another video game console I had so I could get the original NBA 2K. So shout out to that because that was the first system to do it. And I'm going to I'm going to cut the SNES. Ooh, man. Why? I got I got I got special spots for the other ones, not for the SNES. All right. I'm gonna start the Super Nintendo simply because man, have you ever played Turtles in Time? Oh, of course I have. Who hasn't? Dude, that's like the greatest video game ever. Yeah. For for the older consoles. Yeah, for the older consoles, it's good. Dude, I don't I could sit, I would sit and I would beat that game three times in a day, and every time I'd just be more excited. So I'm going to, I'm going to start it. I'm going to bench the Sega Mortal Kombat, son. Okay. Mortal Kombat. You're going to cut the PS1? Man, I hate to because I loved it. Th- this was a tough one. That I started everything, one. though. That started everything pretty much was the PS1. Like the uh, modern it, video though. games. Modern wise. Modern video games. What we have today is because of the PS1. This is true. This is true. It dep- I guess it depends on if you're a PlayStation or Xbox guy. Yeah, well, I used to be an Xbox guy, and I switched for a reason. That's all I'll say right there. And True then that. I've got one last one right here that I came up with while we were doing the last segment. So okay. it's kind of on the fly, but I want to know, who was your favorite SEC Hoops coach not named Rick Barnes? Ooh. Start bench cut, Nate Oates of Alabama, Eric Musselman of Arkansas, or Lamont Paris of South Carolina? Ooh, that's tough, dude. I um, think we're going to have completely different answers. We probably will, but you know what? I'm going to start the must bus. I like him. Dude, last <laughs> just because he's a short guy, last night he, really he, was talking to that, he was talking to that ref, and he was looking just, he was like looking up at him, you know, like he was Andre the Giant. And I'm just like, all right, whatever, man. 
Uh, I'm going to bench Lamont Paris. And I'm cutting Nate Oates because I don't give a You're going to cut Nate Oates? No, I'm going to bench Nate Oates. Oh, I thought you said you were going to cut Nate Oates. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm cutting Nate Oates. Oh, you had the fire in my eyes. You took it away, and now you're bringing it back. You're right. You're right. I am. Because I love getting the man fired up. But you know why? My hatred for the state of Alabama and the University of Alabama runs that deep. Shout out Three Kings Cardboard. Man, so (laughs) Nate Oates is the start for one reason and one reason only. There have been eight trophies handed out in the SEC since he's came to the SEC. He's won five of them. Five! (laughs) I'm going to bench Lamont Paris because he is the best damn coach in the country this year on the job that he's done. It's not going to be long-term, and he's not going to be a South Carolina long-term. But this year, he's the best coach in the country. No doubt. I'll agree with that. I'm going to cut Musselman, but that's really hard to do. But... If you look at it and the way I did it, I also went by standings in the SEC currently. But, okay, let me ask you this then. Start bench cut it this way. Which one of these coaches would you rather have take over for Rick Barnes whenever he calls it quits? Ooh. I would would have to to start bench cut, start Oates, as bad as I as bad as I hate Alabama. I I can't hate the guy. I can hate the school, though. Oh, he's a hell of a coach. I would... Start Oats, bench Muss, Paris. He's just not done enough. Paris right has now. done more SEC. than enough. I man in the SEC. That's all I'm saying. This is his first year in the SEC. Start Oats probably really good. Yeah, gonna be really good. But if we're going body of work, that's how I'm looking at it. Start Oats, bench Paris, cut Musselman. Same order I gave it to you in right there on the other one, but it's just you because... You can't cut him much more, man. He's only like five foot six. Man, okay, hang on. Don't don't pick on us short kings over here, man. Come on, come on. Just remember, it ain't the size of the dog and the fight, it's the size of the fight and the dog. There you go. And he, well, man, he got it. He got it. Man. You know what? I got one more random one for you. Okay. Just random off the wall. Only reason I'm doing it is because my baby girl was just like, hey, daddy, I want some cereal while we were in break. So I got her some cereal. Start bench cut. Reesey Puffs, Captain Crunch, Fruit Loops. I'm not really a cereal guy, so that's a little bit tough for me. I am going to start Fruit Loops. Um, I'm going to cut Reesey's Puffs and was Captain Crunch the other one? It was. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to cut that. Oh, man. Not a serial guy, so I'm not the right person to ask that one to, unfortunately. But that's exactly why I had to ask you. Yeah, I man, I don't know. That's too unhealthy for me. I can't do cereal. <laughs> well, I'm starting piece, I'm starting Reese's Puffs. The rest of it, it don't matter. What do you say we talk about some uh, SEC, bro? Scores of interest. Yeah, let's jump straight into the SEC. So, guys, uh, not really a full week in the SEC. Every single game that we are going to talk about today is a game that has been played this week. A lot of teams have got to their midweek by this week. There are four teams that were not in action. But, man, all of them were really interesting for Tennessee in some way, shape, or form. So they are all scores of interest today. Auburn over South Carolina 
in the biggest game of the week in college basketball. 101 to 61. <laughs> right after we talk up South Carolina, South Carolina says, oh, let's show the ball it out, boys. They can't get nothing mm. right. Here you go. Right. Thanks, Carolina. Well, that's like us talking up, talking, talking up Auburn a few weeks back. We talk up Auburn, and then they go lay three eggs. Don't, it's like, come on, man! Don't remind me what I what I said about Auburn because I was really like, Auburn's almost about to cut down the nets. I was getting ready to say that, and then Auburn man, did what they did. You know, the thing about it is though, is I was right there with you. I was like, you know, Auburn. If I had to pick a team not named Tennessee, Auburn's my pick to win the conference, and here we are. Yeah, well, man. I mean, they. I mean, Auburn's still a really good team. Either way, though, man, we're we're not far off, I don't feel like. No, well, we'll get to that in the next slide. But like I said, man, I mean, 101 to 61 right here. Auburn was up by 22 at halftime. I remember texting you during our game because I, I have two TVs where I live. <laughs> well, I have three TVs, but I only brought out two of them last night. But I had my computer monitor showing the... Alabama, uh, not Alabama, Auburn and South Carolina game. And then the big 70 inch is showing Tennessee, obviously. Well, right. When I texted you, I'm like, oh my God, Auburn's actually doing the thing. They're doing the thing. But and I'm like, I just need them to cover. I just need South Carolina to cover the spread. The spread got blown out. <laughs> yeah, that was not even close, man. Oh my God. Uh, next game on the list right here, the Vanderbilt Commodores got a win. That shouldn't have counted. Uh, I, I'll get into the, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The controversy right there in a little bit. But they got a win over Texas AM 74 to 73. Ezra Manion gets that ball, goes up, comes back down with it, and then goes back up again and shoots it. Ooh, man. Shouldn't have counted. Shouldn't have counted. I'm going to say that. But now, man, poor little Tink Tink out in Nashville, Vanderbilt. Seven and seventeen on the year, two and nine in conference. Poor little tink tink. Yeah, and Tennessee's next opponent that we'll be talking about here very, very shortly. And you know, man, the bad part about it is, just last night or just last episode, I should say, we were both like, you know, that Texas A and M loss is not going to look bad come three or four weeks from now. And then they drop that one. Bro, I'm gonna have to go leave the studio and go play in traffic if we keep on talking about all my mistakes like that. Uh, it ain't just you. <laughs> I know, but it's I'm calling it on me right there. Ugh, so annoying. Uh, next one on Tuesday, uh, Florida gets a two-point dub over LSU, uh, 82-80. Florida moves to 7-17 seven and 17 on the season, 7-4 and four in conference. LSU moves to 12-12 12 and 12 on the season and 4-7 and seven in conference. I think it's very safe to say LSU is not going to be making a lot of return trips to the scores of interest on the Ballin' Out podcast. Yeah, I would say that's a safe bet. Uh, you know, though, man, I'm still I'm I'm sticking with it though. Florida, Florida is a Sweet 16 team. Maybe if they get the right matchup, at least an Elite 18. It's hard to it's hard to go against it right now, man. Florida's playing really, really good ball right now. I mean. Well, well, let me get to it later. I don't want to jump ahead for what I've got prepared. Um, but I will talk on Florida here in just a second. Uh, last score of the week, uh, the Kentucky Wild Kittens uh, host the Ole Miss Rebels. Shout out to our buddy Steven. Um, but our buddy Jay's team was victorious in this by 12 points. The coal miners stopped 
a three-game losing skid in Rupp Arena. Oh, man, they needed it. They needed it. That was, uh, I mean, here's my thing. When I say, and it looks like they actually play defense this go-around. Yeah, I think a lot of it was Ole Miss's inability to be able to hit shots. I mean, diving into what the teams did right here, too. Um, Ole Miss shot 37.5% from the field, where Kentucky shot 52% from the field. Kentucky shot 33% from three. Ole Miss shot 22 Ole Miss turned the ball over 12 times. Kentucky turned it over 15 times. And Kentucky barely won the rebounding battle uh, with the final on that being 37 boards to 34 boards for the Rebs. So here's my question. I know I, I, I threw out my hot take last episode, but here, here's the question. Let's, let's call it maybe, uh, what do you want to say? Buy or sell. Buy or sell. Florida goes further in the NCAA tournament than Kentucky. Bye, 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 bye. There you they, go. It's not even a question. Kentucky's not a good team. Like, and They're I hate not. it because it was at one point a really big win for Tennessee. And like, I'm going to say this, man, and we both hate Alabama in football. I think that that's no secret to anybody. If you wear the power T on your chest, like we're both doing right now, you don't like Alabama. No. It's going to be a little bit, I don't want to say upsetting, but the game's not going to mean as much anymore if Alabama's not a good team. Like, you you talk to Alabama fans who hate Tennessee. They didn't like it when Tennessee wasn't good. Right. It kind of right. goes the same way. Like, I hate Kentucky. I can't yeah. stand Kentucky. I don't want to see Kentucky just completely fall off the face of the earth. And I'm not saying that's what's happening. But how much more longer is John Calipari going to be in that position? I think this is his last season. I'm just going to call it what it is. Ooh. Bold prediction? Bold prediction. I don't even think it's that bold at this point. I think Slick Suit's on his way out the door. Slick Suit. <laughs> um, you know, the thing about it is, though, man, with Kentucky, Going by trends, okay, we've talked up South Carolina, we've talked up Auburn, we talked up Texas A&M. We just both sat here and basically said they suck. And they're going to they're gonna win the national championship now. And if they do that, I'm going to quit the podcast. No, you're not. <laughs> i got to have my co-host. Um, but, you know, they come out, say they come to the Food City Center here in a few weeks, put one on us like we not did on them. Senior night. Not on senior night. Wouldn't oh. be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time, and it won't be the last time. I mean, it's too big of a rivalry, but... You know, I'm just throwing that out there. It, it, I th Here's my thing. Kentucky, as bad as they are on defense, man, they're still dangerous. They're very still dangerous. dangerous. Well, they've got because more talent. Because they can score the ball, and if they... It, exactly. God-given talent outweighs coaching more times than not. I don't You can overcome. You can overcome bad to mediocre coaching. And that's not a slam on Cal. Cal Cal has proven over time he is a good coach. But God-given talent, and you when you have that much of it, it, it they figure it out eventually. They seem you know to saying? every single year, man. I mean, it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, that's for sure like, when it does come to that. I look at it like this. We both know, we both watched... Ed Orgeron with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, all that. Okay. We all know uh, Coach O, go Tigers, 
is not an elite football coach. No, he's nowhere on the realm of a Nick Saban or a Ryan Day or an Urban Meyer, but he was able to get a championship. John Calipari's right. a great coach. I'm not saying anything bad about Calipari. I just right. I think that he's probably outstayed his welcome there. Kentucky's a job where you spend five years there, not fifteen years. This is true. This and they, is true. Eventually, they just get tired of the bullshit. And I think Kentucky fans are really tired of it. I mean, when I made the trip up to Rupp, you know, two weeks ago now at this point, they were all like, man, we, we want to trade coaches. That's what a lot of them were asking me. And I'm like, hell no, we ain't trading coaches. We got a, we got a Baptist deacon as our coach, and you got the devil. We don't want him. So diving into SEC standings, um, there's not been a lot that's changed. Alabama is now sitting in first place all on their own. So shout out to the Alabama Crimson Tide for doing that. Auburn uh, jumps into a share with South Carolina for second place. Tennessee is holding third place down all by themselves. Florida and Kentucky have jumped into fifth place. You know, man, that I, I'm I'm kind of nervous with where we're at at the moment because the inconsistencies we have, dude. We could we could feasibly. I'm not saying we will, but say we drop one or two of these next four games that we shouldn't, that we have no business dropping. We've still got Kentucky on the schedule. We've still got Texas A&M. We still got South Carolina, Auburn, and Alabama. We've got everybody ahead of us. We've said it before. We we control Tennessee controls its own destiny. Mm-hmm. We've got everybody going down to Texas A&M again on that schedule, mm-hmm. uh, or as far as the standings go, except Florida. Yeah, we got Vanderbilt for the first on the returns on Saturday. Uh, we still have to go play Mizzou next week. Easy dub. Unless college basketball just does college basketball things, um, which is a very big possibility. You still got to play A&M. Kentucky comes to town on senior day. Don't have to play Florida again. You still have have to go return to Columbia, South Carolina, which nightmares. I mean, that one's a nightmare game for me right there personally. Uh, Auburn, they come to the Food City Center, uh, what, about a week and a half from now? And then you yeah. still have Alabama where you go to Tuscaloosa, you know, the first Saturday in March. Anything can happen. So, Jordan, I want to do this. Rank the teams that you think are going to be the one through four in the SEC. Give me your top four. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say the Gamecocks end up taking it. Maybe No, 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 no. Let me start over. Let me start over. It's tough, dude. It is tough. Um, I've got my four. Let me get, let me give you my four real quick. Go ahead. South Carolina is the one seed. I'm going to put Tennessee at the two seed, Alabama at the three, and Auburn at the four. I think that South Carolina is a nightmare for a lot of teams in the league. Auburn was just a one-off game for them. It's not going to continue to be that way. I don't think that they're going to have any issues like they did against the Tigers. Now, can South Carolina continue to build? That's going to be the question we're going to ask. Is it going to be one of those games where it's like, hey, this was the best thing to ever happen to South Carolina? We may be talking about it that way here in a couple of weeks. I don't know. 
but give me South Carolina as the one seed. Come come to Nashville here in a couple of weeks. Tennessee is the two. Alabama is the three. Auburn is the four. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to double down on what I said earlier during the season. Give me Auburn as the top seed. Okay. Um, South Carolina is the two. Tennessee is the three. Bama is the four. I mean, here's the thing on that. You can't argue with a single one of those and how it no. turns out. Because I mean, any of those teams it, I mean, dude, the, could the, be the, the one overall the seed and any of those teams could be the fourth overall right seed in the SEC. And here's the thing. I think that both of the, I think that every single one of those four teams is good enough to separate themselves from the Floridas and the Kentuckys and the A&Ms who are trying to make that last push. Yeah, absolutely, man. The thing about it is that team, those five, six, and seven teams, maybe even Ole Miss, but Ole, I feel like Ole Miss is a little far back. Those five, six, seven teams, Florida, Kentucky, A&M, they're right there. Kentucky and Florida more so, but A&M more, A&M too. They're right there in case, you know, Tennessee or even South Carolina was to, you know, hit a skid, lose some games they shouldn't. Yeah. Lose some games that, you know, are close because, I mean, we know what we had, we know what we close out with after these next three games. Well, here's the thing about that that's so great about college basketball. We're going to find out here pretty soon, man. I mean, season ends, what, March 9th against Kentucky. So, we're, I mean, hell, man, we're three weeks away from the season being over with and getting into March ball, which we're all so damn ready for, man. But yes, sir, that has been our look around the SEC, man. You want to talk some Vanderbilt? Let's do it, dude. Let's, Let's do it. So this is the first of the return matchups for the University of Tennessee this season. Um, matchup predictor is giving Tennessee an 98.5% chance to win this game. As of around 9 a.m. Central on February 15th. So might change a little bit here or there, but I don't think there's going to be a whole lot. Tennessee won the previous matchup this season, which was played at Memorial Gymnasium on January the 27th. They final score of 75 to 62. <clears throat> Dalton Connect had a classic Dalton Connect game, scoring 32 points on the road. Tennessee leads the all-time series against Vanderbilt, 132-76. Now, here's the kicker. Tennessee leads the all-time series in Knoxville, 76-20. This has been played for over 100 years, and they've only won 20 times in Knoxville, man. Uh, right? That's, that's, that's wild, dude. How have they – so, like, here's wild. my thing on that when it comes to 50, Vanderbilt, man. we got a 56-game lead. 76 in wins in the series all-time to 20? <laughs> like, just think about 56. it that way. 56. That's 56, man. Yeah. 56. They've won 56 times in Nashville and only been able to win 20 times in Knoxville. That's, uh, you know, in dog years, that's eight. they hadn't beat us in eight dog years. You know what I'm saying? Hell no, they haven't. Um Rick Barnes' all-time record against Vanderbilt at Tennessee is 14-4. and four. Um, Diving into what the team did last time that the Volunteers played uh, Vanderbilt, Jonas Adu had nine points, Dalton Connect had 32, Zakai Ziegler had 10. Um, wasn't his best game from shooting the ball, but he had six assists, um, so he gets a pass on that. Santiago Vescovi, 12 points, 
love to see it again, Santi. Would love to see it again. Josiah Jordan-James, zero points. Don't want to see that. And our main man, Jordan Ganey, had 10 points. Volunteers shot 49% from the field, 40% from three, 63.6% from the free throw line. Couple the of things. Get that free. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say a couple of things I want to see change different. Well, a couple of things I want to see replicated in this game. Dalton okay. Connect, you don't need to have 32. You need to be in 25 or above. Zakai, I need to see more points out of you in this game. Jonas, I need to see more out of you in this game. Santi, if you can replicate it, round of applause for you. I don't expect it. Josiah Jordan James. I would expect for those two to flip-flop their numbers, honestly. You know what? I want to, I'm going to, I don't want to necessarily do it, but I'm going to do it. I want to issue a challenge to Sonny. Okay. Maybe, maybe it'll get to him. Drop 20 at Thompson for us. One time this year. Get a 20 One. burger for us. Get a 20 burger for us, Santi. Because he's capable of doing it. We know he is. Yeah, and of course the game I won't be at, it'll be the one he does it at. But you know, let's let, let <laughs> let's see him do it. You know what I'm saying? Because he could do it. Yeah. Um, my other thing, the one thing I think we Tennessee needs to improve on to win the to win this game and do it convincingly. That free throw percentage, man, sixty four percent. It's got to go up. It's got to go up got big to. time, and it's it can't be. It it can't just be sixty five percent. No. It needs to get up into that 78 range or higher. And I don't think that that's, that's undoable for the team at the end of the day. I think that they can really get to that 78 range. They can, man. And and this is the time of the year they have to do it because, I mean, you know just as well as I do, say, yeah, okay, say we probably blow out the first team that we get in uh, the big dance. After you get past that game, though, you're you even out. You get down to the round of thirty-two. Most of those teams are pretty pretty even. If they're not, they're good enough to make it a game. And if you don't play your best game, they could beat you. Well, you're going home at that point. I agree. So free throw needs to go let, up. Let's 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 start. You know, let's build off that tech off off of this game right here. Mm-hmm. That we had that we watched last night, that Tennessee, you know, shot eighty eight percent for eighty eight percent from the line on. Let's build off of that, and let's see what we get the rest of the way. Well, just get me to seventy eight percent. That's what I want to yeah. see. You get us to that seventy eight percent, and I don't see that being an issue. That is a grant key to the game. Seventy eight percent from the line. I want to see that Tennessee's not going to have any issues. Jumping into hashtag HYFT, man. A couple of guys for Vanderbilt who were issues last time, uh, Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Mannion. Lawrence had 21 points where Mannion had 14. Mannion balled in that first half. He got 12 of his 14 in the first half whenever they played in the 615 a couple weeks ago. So I want to see that change a little bit be able to put more on him but the second that Ziegler really locked down on the kid game was over with man it wasn't really much of anything right there um diving into the leaders for the teams on the season Ezra Mannion is leader in points 14 and a half Dalton Connect is the leader for the Tennessee 20.4 
Uh, Vin Allen Lubin is the leader in rebounds with 5.6 per game versus Jonas Adu 7.5. And Ezra Magnon is a leader in assist with 3.6 per game versus Sakai Ziegler's 5.6 per game. What this is telling me right here, man, is Tennessee's not going to have a whole lot of issues in this game. Protect the home floor. Feed the floor. Not going to be any issues, man. I mean, it's really all I've got. Hashtag feed the floor, brother. Hashtag feed the floor. Hashtag HYFT. Hashtag create chaos. Hashtag beat Vanderbilt. Hashtag let me tell you something, brother. Hashtag Uh, Commodores. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, buddy, I think we've about hit on everything we could today. What do you think? I think so, man. Let's end it how we always do. Go Vols. Go Vols. This episode of the Vol and Out podcast has been brought to you by our friends at Peace of Mind Enterprises. From construction, home remodel, down to general handyman services, Peace of Mind has you covered. All technicians are licensed and insured, servicing East Tennessee with 30 plus years of experience. Call 865-202-7167 for a free estimate because nothing beats having peace of mind.